people, they're just like, who do you think you are? I don't know. I'm a Mara fucking Luciano. <laughs> I used to shy away from words like power, but then it was something I really wanted. No matter how good and perfect you are perceived on the outside, if it's a lie, it's a lie. Then sticking with and wallowing in the past, we're moving into something better, something whole, something deeper, something that has you constantly in the driver's seat. I think the way we're conditioned nowadays is like when you hear power, you're like badass. We've got to be a badass. You're in the leather jacket and have the dark makeup. And when you look at someone like me, I don't even think that you necessarily assume that we would do something like shadow work because I'm very romantic and loving and happy. But that's kind of the beautiful flip side of all of that. Where there's gentleness, there's also ferocity. That level of strength, that level of conscious choice is so incredibly powerful. It is your power. Trusting that your worth is so much deeper than something some old king, priest, emperor laid down on you. Really, it's about whether or not we vibe, whether or not we connect, whether something I say lands. I would rather we show a whole hell of a lot more compassion, kindness to ourselves, and therefore by extension to each other, rather than focusing on how we get it all to work or how we control people or manipulate people into giving us what we want. It's like, dude, just chill. <laughs> Okay, your girl may have to go back to naming on purpose sessions prophecies because I realize that's essentially what they are. It's just the purpose behind them is the meat of the prophecy. It's what's really going on. It's making sure that your intentions are clean and clear. And by clean, I mean they're not um, extrinsically motivated. They're not filled with an emotional charge because you're not getting your own needs met right as a coach it's really important for me to like strip that away even for myself so when the intention is clear and the goals are clear as well as like the mission or the why the motivation behind it is clear when those three things come together as i mentioned earlier this season in another episode that's what creates a purpose project at the same time, the reason why I think I'm going to move, I move to go back to changing the name to prophecy is because you're also moving through the stages of belief. I am someone that has a lot of certainty really consistently and really naturally. And when I think back and I look back to all of the clients I've had in the past, what I've seen consistently is that they struggle to believe and they struggle to have that certainty. I always used to have the joke that I could be a cult leader like that <laughs> that's something my siblings have been saying my whole life kids I've grown up I could be a cult leader because I have that level of faith I can access that I can access that belief I can access that certainty and so what I find or what I have found is clients who used to have prophecies with me long-term clients whatever that was the biggest portion of our work was shifting their mindset from I can do I can't do that and I certainly can't do that my way to I can do anything my way that shift is is huge because it opens you up in a way you can't even imagine and then everything else kind of trickles down from there simplifying the process of culminating and fulfilling your dreams becomes really simple because you're not fighting yourself with your own beliefs or lack thereof in yourself and what's possible for you right and so what i realize is you would be shifting your like through the stages of belief you move from this is possible for everyone i've seen it to it's possible for me to it's done and so what i realize is in setting up these purpose projects that i have going for myself the primary and secondary ones i have i'm basically saying it's done even before I've fully gotten behind it, I'm saying it's done. 
And the actions that I take to kind of keep affirming that it's done are 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 linked back to that why to that mission that's why it's so important that we do get that clarity that we do break it down in that way so as i was thinking about this it kind of this next thought emerged and what this podcast episode is really about emerged i have decided on a certain monetary goal now it's not a specific number i like giving myself a lot of space in how i say it i usually like to do like multiples so i'll make three times more than this or eight times more than that and that gives me kind of like this sense of wonder and this feeling of like curiosity and delight of like being surprised like oh my god what is the number gonna actually be because as long as it hits that five times or four times or three times or whatever mark it's gonna be anything so i like to give myself that um pleasure of like delight and surprise and so I've set up what I want in that in that frame of mind and then the why or like the thing that I'm going to be doing what I'm going to be focusing on where my attention is going to be going and my energy is going to be going is on reclaiming capacity and being fully present offline and if you recall from my social media episode I said that was the purpose for me leaving social media so I think this is really beautiful because it's telling me it's come up again it's telling me that it's something that I really want so this desire has circled back and also it keeps me aligned with that goal of having left or that the reasons for having left social media in the first place because i'm looking for this thing i know i don't want to find it on the on those apps and what that also tells me is i know that i don't want to find that by doing more things doing more work and i think social media was a door for me to do more work which i mentioned in that episode but specifically too, offline, now that I am offline, I don't want to be tagging on a lot of work. I'm actually enjoying a lot, you know, this space where I'm in, where I'm reading and doing all of these things and writing and, you know, t- being with friends and family and just kind of playing with and imagining the future. Like, I like this soft kind of quieter phase I'm in, although we're like in the liveliness of summer. So... As this was coming about and as I was realizing like this is what I really genuinely want to be focusing on, I cleaned up that purpose project to be very precise and very accurate. I realized that, and this is what the episode about is about, that I want to focus on reclaiming capacity and being fully present offline and I want to explore what that means for me in my life. And so what I'm basically saying, I just want to add a note here, what I'm basically saying and why I say this is essentially a prophecy is I'm saying that I'm going to make the money I want. And this is manifestation. This is change. This is creating an outcome. I'm going to make the money I want and here's how I am going to do it. It's also a form of boundary setting. It's saying I'm not going to do anything else besides this. This is what I'm doing and this is what I'm sticking to doing. So what I'm going to be doing is being fully in the definition of what it means to me to be reclaiming capacity and being fully present offline. And somehow, some way, that's going to lead to the amount that I want. And I'm deciding that that's done. We following? So as I was, as I've been playing with these definitions or the definitions of reclaiming capacity and being fully present offline, some things have emerged, especially emotionally. I've noticed some things because I want to really understand. And I also, I just really want to experience at first of all, I want to investigate and I really want to experience what it means to be fully reclaiming capacity. A beautiful aspect of this podcast is it's been reborn as a result of this 
intention. Because I am not down scroll holes or doing a million other things to try to stay busy and stay in competition with other people and comparing myself to other people and dealing with the pressure of being online, because I don't have that in the way anymore, it's not a distraction, I've been able to focus on this podcast, get really clear and intentional about what it's about. And I've started recording and I've been recording consistently. The episode that you're listening to to now is scheduled. I have three behind it or three before it, before this even gets to you, because I've been so into it in the moment and giving myself space from a human design perspective to really leverage a throat center activation that I have. My throat center is one of the two centers I have defined, and I have a gate that is really about speaking in the now and being present in the now and delivering what's happening now. So giving myself space to do that. And again, funnily enough, giving space or making sure there is space is reclaiming capacity. So I'll give you an example. And this is what prompted me to record this episode for you. So I was in bed. So right now I am in the middle of like renter friendly home renovation. That is a tag that I discovered on YouTube. And boy, has it sent me down a spiral. (laughs) The level of like, I can do this (laughs) that I feel. And again, moving through the stages of belief, I see it's possible for others. I'm starting to believe it's possible for me. And now it just is possible. It is. It's not even possible. It is. I'm experiencing it. Your girl has been out here spray painting shit, I mean, like, I've never done this. Lay down a tarp in my driveway and, like, spray painting fixtures. Like, what? I don't know. And I'm contact papering things and I'm installing shelves. And I, I don't even recognize myself. But, you know, it's, it's fun. I've, again, from a human design perspective, some things I've been playing with are the transit charts. And right now I have access and have been having access to, like, root and sacral energy for the last year three, four days. And it's definitely contributed to allowing me to do this and feel like I have the energy to do this. Um, and also in a fun thing, in a, on a fun note, exploring what it means to kind of have that energy consistently, because it's very different. <laughs> it's very different from what I've used, from what I'm used to. So <laughs> that being said, because I've been doing all of this home renovation, I've spent a lot of money, like a lot of money, you know, Although I've been repurposing things that I have, again, spray painting, laying down contact paper to change the look of something, I've also needed things that I want, (laughs) like, to complete this room. So, as you know, things, especially home decor, is expensive. So I've been buying a lot of stuff, unashamedly, at first. And then today, I was looking through the expenses and how much I've actually been spending, and I had... A, I started feeling fear. I started feeling fear pretty intensely. And then what I noticed from this sort of like a part of me being stepped back and observing without even realizing is that I immediately went into kind of like a fawn response, nervous system wise, where I started making all of these justifications and having all of these thoughts around, well, I didn't spend this or this might not work and I'll return it. Or I could probably finagle something else so that I don't have to buy this. And down the list went on. So that I would, in my mind, thinking, I guess unconsciously you could say, thinking that this would stop it, stop the fear, if I just rationalize it enough. And to put this in perspective for you, I mean, how many times 
when you're feeling upset or some kind of negative emotion and someone around you is basically talking at you as far as all the reasons why you don't have to feel that, how often does that work? It doesn't work very often. So it's interesting, though, that we do it to ourselves in order seemingly to take away the pain of feeling the fear. The interesting thing about it is what I noticed from this, again, partly step back perspective as this was happening, as I was kind of like watching this unfold, is one, I was compounding the fear because the thoughts that I, were, I was thinking wasn't allowing me to feel the fear. And the second thing I noticed was that not only was it being compounded, it also started to feel worse. So like not only was it getting bigger, it started to feel worse than it did. And the reason for that was because nothing I was saying was actually like helping me feel differently. It was actually causing more anxiety. I was overthinking all of a sudden. Again, trying to supply myself answers because I thought the answers would help me feel better. And I'm sure you can correlate this to a lot of things in your life, but it didn't. What really mattered and what really needed to be present or I needed to be present, again, back to being present offline, being present with the fear. So this is huge, right? Because when we're talking about reclaiming your capacity, and I think I'm going to title this episode Reclaiming Your Capacity and Trusting Yourself, a big part of reclaiming yourself, reclaiming capacity is trusting yourself. It's saying this is, it's being honest about what you're experiencing. Because what happens is in a way, the reason that this was feeling worse was also because in a way I was gaslighting myself. I was trying to tell myself I wasn't experiencing something or it wasn't as bad as what I was feeling, except my body knew different and my body knew better because it was really starting to get noticeable. And so what's interesting is when we feel that fear get bigger and get worse, what our body is actually saying is uh, what you're doing is not working. <laughs> I really need you to pay attention to this. What you're doing is not working. Please stop. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And yet we take that as a sign that something is bad. We are wrong. We are bad. We're broken. And down the list goes on when really it's not that. It's just we need to listen to our bodies. So what would feeling the fear look like? I did an episode a while back in the previous season that I've left up of episodes that I've chosen to leave um, on the podcast, even though they're from another time <laughs> and another version of Amara, what I believe I said in that episode, if I remember correctly, again, it's been a while, but I did talk about feeling the feelings. It, I believe that I cited an exercise that illuminated things for me. And that exercise really focuses on feeling the physical sensations of whatever emotion you're feeling. So you should be able to, if you sit with it for long enough, or even just for a few, it's not even a, about a length of time. If you sit with it, if you focus on it, you should be able to tell where in your body you can feel it. Whether it's a burning sensation somewhere, it's tension somewhere in your body, you can feel how the emotion is making you feel. You can feel, in a sense, what your nervous system is reacting to or how it's reacting in the body. Like, where is the blood rushing or not rushing? Where is the air flowing or not flowing? You can feel those things. And so, with that in mind, reclaiming capacity looks like this, okay? Reclaiming capacity, especially emotionally, which was such a huge revelation for me. Reclaiming capacity is detaching from the thoughts 
I know that the instinct is to want to think your way through the emotion. And I know that the instinct is also to listen to any thoughts that may be associated with any time you've ever felt this feeling before. But if you just set that aside, right, instead of trying to do mental acrobatics and talk yourself out of what you're feeling, talk yourself out of believing any thoughts that may be coming up, instead of doing all of this work, just taking the time to admit you feel the feeling. So going essentially a step further than these are the sensations in my body, what I like to do is validate myself. As opposed to gaslight myself, I like to validate my emotional experience. So in this moment, I'm feeling fear. And with an undefined spleen, in, from a human design perspective, fear that is not being felt is going to feel 10 times worse for me in a lot of ways. So feeling fear is really important. And it's also important because if I'm feeling it, I think, I feel that my survival's in jeopardy somehow, which is fair because if this fear is coming up in context of money and money is something that you need to get by in life, it makes sense that that would happen. So my body is doing its job. It sees, oh, we have been spending a lot of money and there's trauma, right? Stored survival stress with thoughts attached to it around times where we've spent a lot of money, not been able to keep our commitments, defaulted on payments, had these terrible like scenarios happen, piled up debt, that no wonder my body thinks that this is a problem and needs to be addressed. And whether or not I think it's actually a problem doesn't matter. It's, it's kind of like when someone is upset and whether you think that that person is valid for being upset, when we go into spaces of like, you're not entitled to be upset. You have no reason to be upset. We don't have any empathy. We don't have any compassion for their experience. And we just choose to like invalidate them for the emotional experience that they're having. Then what happens? All sorts of crazy shit happens. We might even traumatize them further, but they're definitely not trusting themselves. They definitely don't feel valid in their experience. They think they start to form all of these identities around it also where like anytime I do this behavior, anytime I get upset, I cry. It means this about me. And actually, this is who I am now. I'm a dramatic person. I'm a sad person. I'm a this. I'm a that. And so the same thing happens with us you know, for ourselves, if I'm saying that there's no reason for me to be afraid, even though I'm a feeling fear, then I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm a being unreasonable. I'm lying to myself. I'm a liar. I'm bad with money or this or that, like all of these thoughts around identity, all these identities start to surface. And then I pick which one is going to make me feel worst about myself. <laughs> So that you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Instead, it's as simple as saying, I admit I feel fear right now. I feel fear. And what I like to do is I actually say it multiple times. Because I could go in at any point to try to rationalize this, I almost stop myself from doing that. I block that opportunity uh, by repeating in my mind, I feel fear over and over and over again. What I want you to keep in mind, though, and what I do for myself is to make that fear not this like monster that's outside of me or this threat that I can't get rid of to just normalize it. Right. So when I say I feel fear, 
I also want to be kind of removed in the sense that, oh, this is what fear feels like. This is just fear. It's only fear. It's just an emotion. It's just an experience. It will pass. It's temporary. Look, it's passing now. So I almost kind of come at it from this place of like, oh, that's interesting, right? I'll feel it authentically. And then as I'm feeling it, I'll also say to myself, ah, that's interesting. This is interesting. This is what fear is like. I try to normalize it. I try to approach it almost like in a childlike way of childlike curiosity. Like, oh, this is what that is. Oh, that's the particular crayon we're using to color today. Got it. Or in this moment. Got it. Okay. Because what happens is too, like when we tag on all of these fears and why I say this is related to reclaiming capacity, when we tag on all of these thoughts onto something like fear or another emotional experience, we are making it bigger. And therefore, if it's getting bigger, it's taking up more space inside of us. So that it can come out later. We operate a lot of the time on procedural memory. It, we operate on things that we've already done before. We operate on essentially coding that we've already got in our body stored so that we don't have to think too hard or, or reprogram too swiftly, like too harshly in moments where we need it. So that being said, we want to give ourselves the space to be present in the moment with whatever we're feeling and then let it go beyond that. It doesn't need to take up any more space than that. It can take up the amount of space it needs in the moment, but if you're storing it, that becomes trauma. Do you see the connection? And what I've realized in reclaiming capacity, a lot of that means unloading trauma where I can. And the way I have found to work best is by feeling my emotions. And if there are thoughts that come up that I've carried with me to look at them again with curiosity and just admit I'm thinking that. And then once I've, those things have subsided, the experience has subsided, I can start to change the direction, change the story. I actually wrote a newsletter about this to listen to the story that your body's telling as opposed to trying to disengage from it or ignore it or dismiss it or rewrite over it as it's happening. You want to be trusting yourself, right? Like this is what trust is. Trust is, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I can listen to myself. I can take my own guidance. I can follow my own leadership. I can be honest with myself. I can trust myself not to lie. I can trust myself to honor commitments when it when I want to actually honor them and when the commitment feels right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to affirm, or I, what I've realized is affirming what I want to be true is an important piece, for sure. But in order for me to build trust, in order for me to, I should say, experience trust, I need to earn it, right? In a sense, I have to build it. That's where that comes from. It's like, it's not even so much earn it as it is build it. Like it's layer by layer, layer by layer. I, I build more trust for myself. Every time I validate my own emotional experience, I build more trust for myself. Every time I validate a desire, because that's the other thing, like 
there are things that I want. Like I said, I've got these two prophecies going. I've got my home reno project going, my render-friendly home reno project. Like, these are things that I've been circling around as far as desires go for a while. And it's not so much that I I would have needed to do it right now in the moment. It just makes sense to to, uh, be focusing on these things now. Before even that point, there has to be an acknowledgement and an acceptance of what I want. If I want something in the moment, it's okay to want it. (laughs) Even if I don't get it, even if I change my mind tomorrow, accept that I want it. Admit that I want it. I think that's the other big piece around trusting yourself is there has to be acceptance. Because if you don't accept, it's kind of like when you tell people to accept reality. When you just want people to accept reality. Like, yes, it's important to always be changing and growing, but if their current circumstances are not being acknowledged, I used to be so guilty of this. People in my life would try to tell me, my mom, who I'm super close to now, but wasn't then, used to tell me sometimes when I would get myself or put myself in certain positions that I wasn't being realistic. And now, while I have a different interpretation of realism and like what it means to be realistic, essentially what is realistic for one person is not going to be realistic for you and that's okay you can detach from their realistic point of view and focus on what's realistic for you because realistic is all about how they perceive their own reality and what's possible for them there are inherent limitations attached to what someone determines is realistic and you never want to attach someone else's limitations to your own that you're already dealing with or if you don't feel like you have any even better you don't want to be this limitless person like we're talking about on this freaking podcast honestly limitless you don't want to be this limitless person and attach other people's limitations however the wisdom i took from that is there isn't any harm in accepting what is present literally in front of you so while i don't subscribe to i should be realistic about what i can accomplish or my expectations or my desires or again with these purpose projects my prophecies these are realistic for me in my reality because it's about reality and we are creatures that perceive reality and we all perceive our perception is all different in my reality this is realistic I will, however, say, though, when it comes to acknowledging what's literally right in front of you or whatever situation you're currently in, it's important to accept it. The minute you do, it's like this huge weight comes off your shoulders. So there has to be this acceptance because I say that all that to say when you don't acknowledge your current circumstances and you do dismiss them or if you see someone else do that. When you keep seeing them like perpetuate the same patterns and they're in the same place and the problem that they're in is getting bigger because they're choosing to ignore it, it'll go away by itself. Or, oh, that's not really there even when they completely deny its existence. That's when we start to be like, yo, are they crazy? Like, what the hell's going on? Because it's dangerous to put your trust in someone who can't actually acknowledge what's in front of them. It's hard to put your trust in someone when you tell them you're experiencing something in from that's coming from their reality and they tell you you're wrong. It's hard to believe that that person could be trustworthy. So same goes for yourself. 
I don't want to make it difficult for myself to trust myself. <laughs> I don't want to make it difficult for me to trust myself. There we go. I want it to be as natural as breathing and it'll get there at some point. I'm just building that in now. And every, again, like I said, validating every little thing that comes up, regardless of whether or not I'm going to change my mind, regardless of whether or not some part of me thinks that I shouldn't be experiencing this or feeling this way. It doesn't matter. The point is I am. And just like when we're upset, just like when we're emotionally overwhelmed and people are trying to comfort us, what we really want, first and foremost, is just the permission to be whatever we are, to feel whatever we're feeling. And the only times where we're really bad at that, I'm guilty of it, is when we don't often accept our own circumstances. We don't let ourselves accept ourselves in the moment of what we're feeling. So pay attention to any time that you start trying to rationalize something, overthink something, question yourself, doubt yourself, doubt your experience or your entitlement to an experience or whatever it is, let yourself feel and experience whatever the hell you need to feel or experience. Let yourself have whatever it is you want, even if it's just in the moment. Let me have this desire, let me have this moment, let me have this emotion. It's temporary, whether it lasts a day, several days or whatever, it's going to go away. It's a passing experience and it's your birthright to experience things. It's what you're here to do is just experience things. The only time it becomes problematic is when we tack a whole bunch of meaning onto it. That it's wrong, that we shouldn't be doing it. When we try to justify why we're feeling it, no need. We're just feeling it. We're just being it. We're just doing it, whatever it is. We're just wanting it. That's what it means, at least this at this point, for me, re what it means to be reclaiming capacity. And I think that this definition and the scope is only going to evolve as I keep exploring that this summer, as far as what else. Because I thought I meant just like creative capacity. <laughs> and in a way, I was accurate because the lighter you feel, the easier it is to create. For example, right now, the more that I trust myself, the easier it is to make decisions and take action that create the outcomes I want. So it all circles back. So in a way, I am right because my creation process is going to be affected by reclaiming capacity. By having more space, by having more room, it means I can listen to myself clearer. I trust myself more. I'm more open. I'm less dense. I'm I feel lighter. I feel more able to be present instead of dissociating or perceiving danger. And the thing is, when you perceive danger, you lose higher reasoning. You lose cognitive functioning. Your The blood flow and the oxygen goes to the limbs and other extremities and parts of the body that allow you to run away or escape or fight danger. It doesn't allow you to formulate these like strategic, like high freaking, I don't know, like convoluted like strategic and convoluted and complex thought processes and action steps and again plans and strategies it doesn't allow you to do that when you're perceiving danger so acknowledge it acknowledge whatever's in the room you know if it's if if it's a threat then yeah acknowledge it and there are ways to regulate that as well but in order to regulate something, you have to admit that it's dysregulated, right? 
I'm going to attach the newsletter I sent out a few weeks ago that touches on this unknowingly. And I'm going to write a follow-up newsletter either today, sometime this week. I'm not sure. A new one is going to come up pretty soon because I've been thinking about this so much. And so many things are coming to light on that front. So that's all I've got for you for now. We will talk again soon. So Amari is a very direct person. She's very no-nonsense and she doesn't coddle people. Are you in my head? <laughs> <laughs> when I started looking into your classes and Strut Your Story was first and I was like, well, we're a wallflower. Like we just hang out and we hide and we gotta fix that first. You're not you're not going to coddle someone or do the oh baby and oh look I'm taking care. No no no. You you give real love. I have to say when you give honest and direct advice information, it's not like it comes out rough and ragged. It's a nice clean like where it's like oh. Yeah, she's right. It comes with a. It comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of great knowledge, and it comes mm -hmm. from a place of understanding. It was exactly what I needed at the right time, and I'm so grateful to you, Amara. You know, she's 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 a fucking icon.